0: Hey everybody, Tyler Smith here with another More Than One Lesson mini-sode. Um, this one is going to be perhaps a little rough, but before we get to that, I wanted to let everybody know that uh, More Than One Lesson is currently sponsored by Faith Life TV, which is a new streaming platform that uh, shows a number of uh, documentaries, uh, films, and then uh, has a number of resources for. Uh, the type of Christian that I would say that my listeners are, which are discerning and looking to engage on an intellectual level. And so uh, there's a a lecture series that I've been uh, watching, or rather listening to, but you can watch it. It is called The Unseen Realm, and it is hosted by Michael uh, Heiser, I believe it's uh, pronounced. And the idea of it there is uh, he talks about engaging with the Bible on the level, uh, on which it was written. Um, and that, uh, so often we approach the Bible with very modern attitudes and modern doctrine and that, you know, we look at it through, you know, in, in, in my case and in the case of, of most of my listeners, we look at it through, uh, national uh, a national lens we look at it through a uh uh denominational lens and so he talks about trying to strip that away so that you can understand uh what the original writers are actually trying to do and he talks about how anytime there's a a confusing or just a strange passage of scripture that he that modern Christians tend to just sort of skip it. And so he says that, no, we shouldn't be doing that, that everything is there for a reason, and we should try to engage with it on its own level. So it's called The Unseen Realm. It's very interesting. Uh, Each lecture is, I think, they top out at eight minutes, and some of them are actually considerably shorter than that. But uh, anyway, so uh, it's called Faith Life TV. So if you actually go to morethanonelesson.com and click on the ad, uh, that will take you to where you need to go, uh, to get a free month. So it's uh four ninety nine 99 a month, but you can get your first month free. If you go through more than one uh, as far as stuff that's happening on the website right now, uh, Reed has written a review of a movie called silent rage, um, which stars, chuck norris and it essentially is like if mike based on what reed wrote it is it's chuck norris versus michael myers from halloween not actually michael myers but a killer very much like him so that sounds very strange and good for him for watching it um uh, and speaking of Reed on his podcast, the fear of God, they actually talk about the David Fincher film Zodiac, which I think is an absolute masterpiece. And I would say is his best film. Uh, and yes, I am including the social network in that, uh, uh over at, uh, salty cinema, Jacob Kinberg, uh, interviewed, uh, a director named Tim K that, uh, works in commercials and has worked with, uh, Funny or die. And then, uh, Bob recently, reviewed uh, the empire strikes back a film that is one of his favorite films of all time and then lastly uh tober corgan has added uh, another film to his trilogy and uh, trilogy anatomy series in which he talks about the christoph kieslowski film red which is part of the three colors trilogy so yeah lots of stuff to do at uh, more than one lesson right now um so <laughs> uh i was i was debating actually incorporating the Faith Life sponsorship into this episode because uh, this one is going to be pretty personal, and I wasn't sure if they would want to sponsor the show after this. I'm being mostly facetious, I think they'd be fine with it. But um, basically, listeners often say that they appreciate it when I am vulnerable. When I talk about uh, some of my own personal struggles and that sort of thing. So uh, after a great deal of prayer and talking with uh, my wife and talking with uh, some friends, I decided that uh, I would do this mini-sode, which is going to require quite a bit of vulnerability indeed, because it's something that I actually find kind of embarrassing. Um, And I'm not exactly sure where to start, except to say that, uh, listeners know that I struggle with depression. Um, I'm pretty open about that. What I'm not often open about is my relationship to suicide. Um, I have never attempted it, but, uh, my uncle, when I was very young, uh, killed himself. And so at a, at a very young age, I was, uh, aware of that as a concept and, you know, a lot of people, uh, for a lot of people, the concept of suicide is very taboo, but once you experience it, uh, in your own family or, or a loved one of, of some kind, uh, once that happens, you, you realize that it is, it is still a taboo, but, uh, the, the idea of it being off limits, um, kind of goes away. So ever since I was a kid, um, I thought about suicide a lot, not as like a thing I would do, but just as a concept. Um, And then as time has gone on, I I found out that there have actually been a a surprising number of suicides in my family. And so it's just always on my mind, maybe not always, but regularly. And as I've said, I've never actually attempted it, but uh, I have come close, I guess, maybe, I don't know considering that it's only ever been mental. um, Maybe some would say that I haven't come close, but uh, I wanted to talk about something that happened uh, last week. So it was very late at night, um, and it was just uh, just the right cocktail of circumstances where... Uh, my wife, Jen was going to be waking up extremely early because she had a very early, uh, photo shoot that she had to go to. So she was going to wake up at 3am and I was actually getting pretty tired around two or 2:30 30am and I was going to go to sleep, but I thought, Oh, you know what? I'll actually stay up in case Jen needs anything, uh, before she leaves. And turned out that was probably not a great idea because she woke up and was not in a great mood because she was up so early, which is understandable. Um, and we wound up getting in a fight and because I was also very tired and very, uh, grumpy and anyway, so we, we got in a fight and I was just, and then she left and I was alone and I was tired and I just felt so horrible about me and just about life in general. And then on top of everything else, uh, Jen and I are putting together. uh, Not putting together, we're we're going to be moving from our current house to uh, another one. And that'll probably be happening in about a week, but I don't know if anybody has ever moved, but it is a remarkably stressful situation, especially if both, uh, you know, both me and my wife are are working right now and then I was just finishing up school uh, or at least the quarter. And so there's just... You know, both of us are very preoccupied, and we do have a tendency to take things out on each other and project things onto each other when we're very preoccupied. But anyway, so she left, and um, and I was feeling very, very down. And I guess I should give a little bit, of, a little bit more background, which is um, years ago, um, I kind of developed my. I kind of developed my plan for if I would, if I was ever going to kill myself, this is how I was going to do it. And the plan was I would uh, take a a whole bunch of uh, Tylenol PM, um, you know, which essentially was a, a sleeping pill. That would, that's what I would do is I would take a lot of that. And then I even thought it out that like, so I would do that late at night and then I would actually go and sleep in our guest room because if I actually laid down next to Jen, and then she realized later what was going on, um, she would then be particularly traumatized because for a while she would have been laying next, lying next to a, a dead person. So, I didn't want to do that to her because I knew it would be enough. It, it would be difficult enough for her, and um, so I figured, like, okay, I would take a bunch of pills and then I would go lay down in the guest room and then she would discover later on the next day, uh, what was going on. Um, even as I say it now, it just sounds so horrific and, uh, and I can't imagine if it were her because we keep very different hours. And so it's not uncommon for me to sleep much later than, than she does. And so if that were to ever happen, we actually don't have a guest room right now, but if that were to happen, i'm sure she would just assume i was sick or something and after a certain point would probably come into the room to try to wake me up and find that i was not going to be woken up and i can't imagine how horrible that would be for her so um so yeah as uh you can tell this is some pretty pretty rough stuff that i'm talking about um and we when jen and i were in marriage counseling we talked about the idea of suicide and the impact that it would have and you know, my therapist said like, you know, on a scale of one to 10, what would you say? You know, 10 being you're absolutely going to do it. Uh, and one being you, it's not even in your mind. Uh, you know, I I would say that I usually hover around three, but that sometimes I jump up to seven or eight. And, uh, he said that that's not very good, but, uh, anyway, so this is something that is clearly on my mind a lot. Um, and so to go back to this very late night argument that I had that we had and uh all of that um so it was about 4:30 a.m. uh Jen I think left around 4 and about 4:30 like I couldn't sleep and I was very angry at her I was angry at me I was just feeling and I was feeling very despairing and uh it got to as I said, I'm not very proud of this. I'm actually quite embarrassed by it. Uh, it got to the point where I actually uh, dug through. We have a, a big box of, of our pills uh, because we're working towards... Uh, adopting a kid, they, they tell you to basically lock all of your, uh, all of your medicine away. So we have this big lock box that is not actually locked because there are no kids around right now, but, um, we have this big lock box. And so I kind of dug through that and I found this giant bottle of, uh, Tylenol PM and I didn't think I was going to do anything, but somehow just having it there in my hand provided a weird comfort for me. Um, and it even got to the point where in my mind, in my mind, I started thinking like, wow, this would be really easy to do. Um, so easy that like part of me just like, I could, I should just do it. And then once it, once I do it, it's done and I don't have to worry about this stuff anymore. I don't have to worry about being a bad husband. I don't have to worry about being uh, a failure in various ways. I don't have to worry about hating my body and hating my personality and all that. I'm not going to have to worry about any of that. Um, it just provided like, uh, the ultimate escape. And, uh, but so I, I actually looked up on my phone. I looked up, uh, suicide by Tylenol PM. And, uh, there is a lot of forums on there about, uh, the, be- uh, the best way to kill yourself as morbid as that is. And, um, one thing they said is do not try to kill yourself with Tylenol PM because, yes, people think of it primarily as like a way to sleep, but the Tylenol is not you know, an inactive ingredient. And if you take enough pills to kill yourself, then what it's going to wind up doing is extensive, very painful liver damage. And you, ma- you actually might not die, but you will be in horrendous pain. And apparently your skin will turn yellow and you'll throw up and it will really hurt. And that certainly did not sound very good to me. And so I um, so I thought like, well, I guess I'm not doing that. And you would think that that feeling would provide a sense of relief, which it did to a certain extent. But it also created in me a sense of such despair. Um, because I felt like, you know, uh, this was like an escape for me. It's one I was not. I didn't think in the moment I was going to take advantage of, but once I realized that, like, once that door was shut to me and I didn't feel relief, but instead I felt trapped. That was the word that I used. I felt very trapped. And that was a very, uh, that was a rough revelation for me. And so I took the liberty of calling uh, the suicide hotline and I talked to somebody there for a while and they, they said some things that actually made me feel a little bit better. One thing is they mentioned that if you have a history of suicide in your family that... Uh, because what ultimately, everybody dreams of escaping from their life uh, sometimes and from themselves. But everybody has a different idea of what that might mean. It might mean uh, drug use. It might mean just completely abandoning your family and just driving off into the desert somewhere to start a new life or whatever. But if you, if you, uh, have been exposed to suicide, uh, in, at some point in your life, um, then that becomes, you know, your, your fantasy escape, even if you never do it. And so, so I didn't feel like such a freak, um, when the guy said that, which was nice. Um, but uh you know i started crying and i just and a thing that i found myself kept, uh, that i kept saying um much to my own surprise even though i guess it shouldn't surprise me because there's a thing i've said before is that i just said i'm not good at anything and um anyway so we kept talking and i started to feel not necessarily not necessarily better but certainly less hopeless which i guess is better and uh finally I I hung up I told him that I didn't think I was in any kind of uh danger that he did say that you know the fact that I went looking for the pills as opposed to just keeping them in my mind meant that I was like at a medium to high risk and that I should tell my wife which I certainly did not want to do in that moment um but anyway so we hung up and then I went to sleep and then when I woke up the next day I felt fine um and I actually wound up going to a, going to a movie screening later that day and it was, everything was good. Um, but then, uh, the next day I told Jen, I didn't want to, I thought I would make her angry because when you're dealing with this stuff, um, you, it feels like if I were to tell anybody, then it would, ju- it just looks like I'm trying to get attention. And in fact, that's what I worry about right now um, that anybody listening to this would think that I'm trying to get attention. So what I will say is that uh, I'm not looking for a bunch of emails saying like, Tyler, don't do this. You're very valuable. You're very." Li-. That's not what I'm looking for. I have a support system. I have my wife. I have uh, a therapist who admittedly I don't go to anymore, but I could reach out to him in moments like this. I have a number of friends. I'm not looking for listeners to to try to talk me into not you know tra- talk me out of this because I'm not going to do it, but the reason that I wanted so i I told Jen and she was incredibly understanding and very loving and it really was it was very nice because i I had developed this feeling in my head of how she would respond uh, or of how anybody would respond and the people that I have told have responded with such tremendous love and compassion that uh, I genuinely in the future, if I feel this way again, I have no reason uh, not to talk to them. But um, but I wanted to put this out there um, for you guys. And in fact, I wanted to do it if I wanted to talk about this a few Weeks ago, um, because uh, there was a lot of talk on like Twitter and Facebook about suicide. Because I think uh, Chris Cornell of Soundgarden had uh, killed himself, and then you know a couple years ago there was uh, Robin Williams. And every once in a while, there's just this um, national discussion about suicide. And I guess in the news, there's uh, that that 16 or 17 year old guy who killed himself uh, partially at the prodding of his girlfriend and. And that's a very heartbreaking case. And so I wanted to, you know, I, I often talk about my depression and I tell you, the listener, that if you are ever feeling that way, you know, I try to encourage you and just try to let you know that you're not alone. But I will say that when it comes to suicide um, and, and the, the, the desire to commit suicide, I think a good portion of that comes out of a feeling of loneliness now, not loneliness. That's a very specific thing. I would say the, the idea of being alone, like truly alone and that no one can understand you because perhaps you simply are not somebody that can be understood. And so you might as well just, just leave. Um, and so I did want to, one of the reasons that I wanted to put this out there is that, you know, I will say that as I was feeling what I was feeling, I felt no desire to pray. I, I, I was aware of spiritual things, but I, I did not want to go to God because I felt, I felt embarrassed and I felt ashamed that I was thinking what I was thinking. But also, um, I just felt like I did not deserve to, I did not deserve to go to him thinking these things. And I felt like God, as I often feel like I felt like God was very distant and, um, and that he had nothing to say to my current, uh, state of, of being and state of mind. So, so, you know, I'm a Christian and I believe, uh, you know, all the Christian stuff and I feel like there is hope and I feel like there is joy, um, and there's encouragement to be found in the gospel. And yet when the chips were down, I really didn't feel, any of that. And to the gr- degree that I did feel it, it did not provide me any comfort. It only provided me more shame. And so that is a thing that I am going to need to deal with. And, you know, people talk about, listeners have said they appreciate when I'm being vulnerable. Well, this is me being vul- vulnerable that my faith did not provide me with comfort and that uh, my marriage did not provide me with comfort and that all I wanted to do was leave. And even though in the moment I didn't think that I was going to, Uh, the amount of comfort I took in the idea of killing myself was very disheartening. And so what I wanted to say, um, I have some notes here. Uh, What I wanted to say to any of you is that if you're ever feeling this, if you're ever feeling so depressed that you actually want to end your own life, um, you know there are some deeper spiritual things that and and emotional things that need to be addressed, but you probably aren't in the space to do that. So I would say first there is just some basic logistical things that you should ask yourself. I would say ask: Are you tired? Um, you know I feel like if this had happened, um, there's only one other instance in which I've been so despondent that I actually called the suicide hotline. That was about two years ago, and once again. It was very late at night. I was very tired, and once I went to bed and then woke up later, I felt much, much better, and was astonished that I ever got uh, as far along as I did. Um, so if you're, fe- so ask: Are you are you tired? Are you hungry? I know it sounds weird that just you know eating something might make you feel better, but it really does. Um, or drinking something—probably not alcohol, but just like physical malnourishment can actually make a huge difference on your, on your emotional state. Uh, Are you stressed? Jen and I are in the midst of a move right now, and that can be tremendously stressful Um, because while you're, you know, when you're stressed, you just feel like it's easy to feel like you're never going to get out of this. And so suddenly an escape sounds pretty good. Are you angry? Which tends to come out of stress. Um, And then are you lonely? And so, You know, a lot of these, you know, if you answer yes to these or to any one or any or maybe all of these questions, you know, the question then for you is what can you do about it? Now, if you're tired, you can probably just go to sleep um, and that can make a huge difference. If you're hungry, you just eat something. Those are the simple ones. When it comes to stress, there might not be uh, a simple solution to that, except maybe, to sort of make a list of things to do and work out how you, how and when you're going to do them, and then give your, give yourself permission to not try to do everything all at once. Being angry, there's not much that I can recommend about that except to maybe talk to somebody um, about what you're so frustrated with. And along those lines, if you're feeling lonely, reaching out to somebody uh, is something I would highly recommend. But maybe not everybody has that maybe not everybody has somebody that they can reach out to uh in which case what i was going to say is you're welcome to talk to me uh tyler at more than one lesson.com. and if you email me i will do everything i can to respond as soon as i can and what i will also do is give you my uh, skype name and phone number and we can very specifically talk. Um, so if you if you don't have anybody else, feel free to reach out to me because I certainly know what you are going through and I can talk to you on that level. I feel like, you know, when you talk to people who don't deal with depression and people have never thought about suicide, they can be remarkably sympathetic and they can do, you know, they can provide the companionship that you might need, but there is something Okay, so if you heard that, that was a firework. Uh, it was not gunfire outside. Uh, it's late June, and in my neighborhood, that is a perfect time to set off fireworks, even though we're not near the 4th of July yet. So, um, But it can be very comforting to talk to somebody who knows very much what you're going through. And so please do not hesitate to, to reach out to me Um, it'll, it'll probably wind up being beneficial for both of us. Um, and more than anything, you know, I'm not going to act as though I'm, that I'm some kind of guru or teacher or something like that, but a surprising number of people say that they get some level of comfort from this show. And so along those lines, I just want to say that this is something that I experience and something that. I can relate to you about if this is something you struggle with. Um, and sometimes it, I guess there's that idea of misery loves company, which actually sounds kind of cynical. But what I will say is that, you know, when you, the reason that I feel embarrassed when I talk about this is because I feel like nobody else deals with this. Nobody else, everybody else is stronger than I am. I feel very weak when I think like this. Um, and I feel very alone. And I'm sure you probably do too if you've ever dealt with this. And so I would encourage, I would say that you are not alone. There are a lot of people that know what this is like, including me. So uh, if that is something that you find discouraging or maybe that's something that keeps you from reaching out to people that you just are alone and people won't understand, people might not understand. But that doesn't mean you're actually alone. Um, you know, Jen has never really felt this uh, before but she still made it clear that she is with me and she is on my side and that she loves me. And, uh, and I would encourage you to find somebody in your life, even yes, if it is me to reach out to, um, after the fact, I, I have found a number of, of Bible verses and as I was reading them now, I, I realized that uh, some of them actually do provide me with a fair amount of, of comfort and they do speak to me where I am in those dark moments. And so, uh, the biggest one is Psalm uh, 143. This is ver- These are verses 1 through 8. Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my cry for mercy. In your faithfulness and righteousness, come to my relief. Do not bring your servant into judgment, for no one living is righteous before you. The enemy pursues me. He crushes me to the ground. He makes me dwell in the darkness like those long dead. So my spirit grows faint within me. My heart within me is dismayed. I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. I spread out my hands to you. I thirst for you like a parched land. Answer me quickly, Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, or I will be like those who go down to the pit. Let the morning bring word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. And so that's pretty powerful, uh, especially given some of the stuff that I'm talking about, you know, feeling like my spirit grows faint within me, my heart within me is dismayed. But then also this idea that was very true for me, which is let the morning bring word of your unfailing love. Um, As despondent and despairing as I feel late, as I have felt late at night, um, sometimes just sleeping and just being renewed and being refreshed. And I wake up mystified that I was ever able to be in that headspace. Um, and that I need to ask God to show me the way I should go because I entrust him with my life. Um, because it's very clear that I can't fully trust me with my life given, uh, how apt I am to want to end it. Uh, There are a number of other psalms here. Psalm 34, verses 17 and 18. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. So the idea of being crushed in spirit and being brokenhearted is something that really resonates with me. Psalm 40, verses 1 through 3. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in Him. So this idea of the slimy pit, the mud and the mire... And being lifted out of that, uh, is something that sounds wonderful. Uh, I wish I could say that I, that I, that that inspires me like this great triumphant hope. It doesn't, it prov- It is, it instead provides what I think is just a very quiet, desperate hope that God can lift me out of the slimy pit and muck and mire of my own, you know, crushed spirit, um, the triumph would not be mine. The triumph would be God's. Like, He comes to us when we are feeling particularly small and weak and helpless and hopeless, and He can lift us out of that. And it might not mean that we're on top of the world tomorrow, but it might literally mean that we're, t- like, here it says, Uh, he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. Now that does not necessarily mean you're on a mountaintop. It might just mean you're on solid ground and that is enough, uh, in certain circumstances. Uh, and then I will say that if nothing else, here's Ecclesiastes nine verse four, anyone who is among the living has hope. Even a live dog is better off than a dead lion. Um, and that sounds kind of strange, but, uh, you know, for people that might feel hopeless, you know, there's that idea of, you know, where there's life, there's hope. And as long as you're breathing, as long as you're still living, you still have hope. I don't, who knows what circumstances might have driven you to this place where you feel like to be dead is to be better off. You know, the Bible says that no. Even even people that are in terrible circumstances, Job, Paul, Jeremiah, um, David and, and then of course, Jesus himself, like, it's very easy to feel despair. And I don't mean easy in a negative way. I mean, it's just, I think people are prone or or apt to feel despair. Um, and we cry out for God and sometimes he hears our, he, he hears our cry and does only what we need in that moment. And maybe we fall right back into it. I don't know, but, uh, but there is hope in the Bible. And There is hope in God, and I wish I could tell you that I always feel it. I wish I could tell you that you're always going to feel it, but I cannot say that. Uh, all I can say is that, you know, who knows? Thank, maybe I can literally thank God that he put it in my mind to look up how one kills oneself with Tylenol PM and saw that, well, I'm actually not interested in doing horrible liver damage and throwing up until I, uh, until my skin is yellow, and I need to be taken to the hospital. You know, maybe it could be that maybe it's giving me the presence of mind to call the, the suicide hotline. I'm not really sure, but, uh, I got to look at, I got to look for the small triumphs where I can. And I would encourage you to do the same. But in the meantime, lo- you know, logistically, uh, remember to ask yourself those questions and then to, you know, if the answer is yes to any of them to make the, to address them in the proper way. And if you ever need anything, uh, reach out to your loved ones and do not hesitate to reach out to me, Tyler, at more than one And I will be there to pray with you, to listen to you and to, Hey, even just compare notes as, as morbid as, as that can be. Um, so I think that's about it. Uh, like I said, I'm not looking for. I'm really not looking for a lot of emails saying like Tyler, no, no, this is all very good. That's not what I'm doing this for. I'm doing this to be open and honest, and to maybe inspire you to do the same. So if you wanna, if you wanna share in the comments or share with me uh, some of your own struggles, you're welcome to do so. Um, I do know that a lot of people that listen to this show, Christian or otherwise. Uh, And then people who are artistically minded in general tend to be uh, prone to melancholy and sometimes depression and even sometimes uh, uh, suicidal tendencies. And so so perhaps this could be an opportunity for all of us to share with one another and find comfort in each other's weakness and each other's vulnerability. So that's what I wanted this to be. I wanted something good to come out of a, a very bad situation last week so anyway uh, I hope uh, everybody enjoyed this obviously that's not uh, the right term but um, I hope that you got something out of this and uh, and yeah don't uh, don't hesitate to uh, to let me know what you think and and any struggles you might be having as well so thank you very much I really do appreciate your continued patience with me and I'll uh, get you next time bye